Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. With all the diseases that we have to worry about today, we now have Marburg virus disease to worry about as well. Two suspected cases of Marburg virus disease have been reported in Ghana. (laughs) I mean, Ghana is beautiful this time of year. So we are concerned about it. The service said that 34 people who have had contact with the cases are now in quarantine. Okay. Uh, The WHO, not the band, but the World Health Organization is sending experts to support Ghana health authorities in the Marburg virus disease hunt. Uh, What is it, you ask? Well, it's a viral hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic, amorphophallus fever. It's highly infectious, and it was initially detected in 1967 after outbreaks in Marburg and Frankfurt in Germany and Belgrade in Serbia. The WHO says those outbreaks were linked to laboratory work using African green monkeys, which had been imported from Uganda. Ha! Okay. Uh, If you are having symptoms of fever, headache, malaise, diarrhea, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, lethargy, muscle aches and pains, non-itchy rash, vomiting blood, bleeding from the nose, gums and vagina, spontaneous bleeding at venipuncture sites, inflammation of the testicles, confusion, irritability, and aggression, you may have Marburg. The average fatality rate for the virus is about 50%. So, you know, you got a 50-50 chance. No problem. (laughs) It's just a, you know, a close friend of Ebola. That's all. (laughs) Uh, I say no. I do not want Marburg. I keep it over in Africa and let's shut it down. We had a case a couple years ago, one case, and it went away after five weeks. So let's not let this happen, okay? Uh, We also know that it spreads through direct contact via broken skin or mucous membranes with blood secretions or other bodily fluid of people infected with the virus. Sound familiar? It also spreads via contact with surfaces contaminated with these fluids. Oh, That's it, though? Yeah. And you can spread it uh, through clothing and bedding used by MVD patient and burial ceremonies that involve direct contact with the body of the deceased patient. (laughs) There's no vaccine, no approved antiviral treatments. But, you know, you you, you might have a better chance if we get you some rehydration uh, methods through intravenous fluids But right now we're working on, you know, some kind of immune therapies and drug therapies. They're being evaluated, but we really don't have anything for you. So keep it over there. I don't even want it over there, to be honest with you. But if it's got to be somewhere, it doesn't need to be here. You can quote me on that. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So season two of Depp Herd is definitely 
Well, I say definitely. It's probably going to happen. We have uh, we have stories of Amber Heard uh, trying to work out a new book deal for a few million dollars. We have Amber Heard's insurance company saying, you know, the verdict was the willful acts of Heard. So because of that, we don't have to pay. Oh, okay. And then we find out that it's possible that someone on the jury wasn't supposed to be there. Wow. They seated a wrong juror. Now, to me, I say, you know, so what? He was there the whole time and, you know, he, nothing out of the ordinary happened. However, if you're Amber Heard's attorneys, you're saying what they're saying. Um, no, it was the wrong juror. So it appears that juror number 15 was not, in fact, the same individual as listed on the jury panel. Oh, okay. So they're saying that the due process was compromised. I don't know that that's true, but it's a good argument. Okay. <laughs> so apparently the uh, summons for jury duty was sent out to a Virginia resident in April uh, for the, you know, $15 million defamation action Depp heard trial. And, uh, according to this, there were two individuals residing at the same address, same last name, one 77 year old, another 52 year old. The former was the one summoned, but it looks like the latter was the one who showed up. Thus the 52 year old sitting on the jury for six weeks was never really summoned for jury duty and did not appear on the list. Oh, okay. Not noticed by officers or clerks of the court. The younger individual made it all the way to the jury without ever being asked to produce any ID or, you know, even with a fake ID or filing samples. So, and it looks like that someone filled out the required online information, either intentionally or accidentally to say that they were born in 1945. So instead of them, anyone catching it, they didn't. So, I mean, that kind of thing is kind of troubling, but does it mean that the whole case needs to be thrown out? I don't know. I, I find that hard to believe because the guy, they all agreed on him or the girl. I'm sorry. doesn't, I apologize. Although they say it was a male. Uh, I, you know, I agree that it was wrong, but through the entire process, neither side figured it out, not even the court. And he sat through the whole trial and did what he was supposed to do through the whole trial. So it was, uh, you know, the process actually happened correctly. It was just not supposed to be that person. Anyway, um, season two, that <laughs> if that gets thrown out, holy cow, season two will be filming shortly. I can't wait for the promos. I see where Arizona has banned filming of police activity at close range. I'm not really sure what close range is. A new law signed by Governor Doug Ducey last week makes it illegal for people to film law enforcement activity in certain circumstances with the stated goal of protecting police officers as they've come under more scrutiny. Well, I give them body cams. And if they have body cams, what does it I mean? Big deal, right? I mean, you want it filmed. First Amendment advocates, of course, uh, ACLU and media companies had said, hey, that's unconstitutional. 
Oh, okay. So uh, experts, of course, say that, uh, you know, people may or may not have the right to record police. I'm sure it'll reach its way to the Supreme Court. And, you know, I'm on the side of the police with the body cams because I believe overall that uh, the body cam footage will show that police are doing their job and what they do, you know, 99% of the time is justified. I know there's the bad cops out there. And then I get to the story about the pregnant woman in Texas driving in the HOV lane who was told that her unborn child uh, doesn't count as a passenger. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, uh, this makes me not like police officers at all. (laughs) I don't want to be on their side anymore. So a pregnant Dallas area woman argued uh, that uh, her pregnant baby was, you know, she wasn't alone in the car. She said that she was en route to pick up her son and she found herself at the checkpoint because they're busy pulling everybody over in the HOV lane or had they have the lane slowed down. So if there looks like there's only one person, we're going to write you a ticket. I mean, that's what they do. It's a, it's a nice little money grab for the, for the city. I get it. But uh, the officers asked, uh, Hey, are there any more occupants inside your vehicle? And she was like, yeah, uh, my daughter. Uh, inside my belly hello and uh, the officer oh no it's got to be two people outside of the body um is that true with the hov lanes uh two people outside of the body she spoke with multiple officers over the course of her encounter and she said one seemed indifferent another gave her a citation and told her to challenge it in court to have it thrown out One kind of brushed her off when I mentioned this is a living child. So I don't know uh, why you're not seeing that, I said. Uh, He was like, I don't want to deal with this, ma'am. It means two persons outside of the body. She ended up getting a $215 citation and instructions from the issuing officer. Suggestions that she, if she fought it, it would most likely get dropped. Well, then why give her the ticket, douche? That pisses me off. Okay, so why not say, no, ma'am, it means two people outside of the body from now on. Get out of here. Don't let me catch you again. Get out of here. But nope, we've got to write the citation. We want to make sure that we reach our point. Uh, we want to make sure that we reach our quota, right? That <laughs> really ticks me off. Now, she claims that she's not going to play the, pay the fine. Uh, I will be fighting it. Good. Good. And we will try to reach out to her. I mean, we have to talk to this lady. I'm hoping to reach out and talk to her on Pat's show. I've been, I'm, I'm doing a Pat Gray Unleashed show all week, or the next couple of weeks, as a matter of fact. And so I'm going to reach out to Brandy Batone of Plano and uh, see if we can, uh, if we can talk to her. If you know Brandy, have her email me, chewingthefat at theblaze.com or reach out on Twitter at JeffyJFR or Instagram, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Send me a, you know what? Send me a message on Cameo. <laughs> I'll do a, I'll do a special Cameo for Brandy. No problem. But I definitely want to talk to her uh, and find out uh, WTF. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cool to drink desperately. Mm, <sighs> So I did go see my man Elvis this weekend uh, at the movie theater. Uh, 
I, I enjoyed the heck out of it, but it's Elvis after all. Um, Austin Butler, I thought, did a great job playing Elvis. I did not despise the Colonel Tom Parker that Tom Hanks played uh, either. I know a lot of people and a few people uh, you know, didn't really like him as Tom Parker. He was all right. I mean, I get it. I, I, I realized that uh, you know the fat shaming in Hollywood has to stop. Uh, thin people playing fat people, I will not have it anymore. If you've got to be gay to play gay and trans to play trans, then you've got to be fat to play fat. Uh, I loved the uh, the BB King connection. I love the connection of how uh, you know he got uh, you know got the music and you know became you know the king of rock and roll and the blend of the uh, the blues and rock and roll. It was you know it was a good it was a good premise from Baz. I really liked it. I made the joke uh, during Pat today on overtime when we were talking about it that at the end uh he was getting out of a mercedes-benz limo and i thought you know no way elvis gets in a mercedes-benz limo and then i had a text sent to me that uh, showed me that uh, there was an elvis (laughs) there was an elvis limousine that was auctioned off and it's a mercedes-benz limousine the benz 600 limousine that was uh you know auctioned off as the presley automobile museum uh and then there's another one here that shows uh, 16 elvis's 69 mercedes which is just a you know a little run around town mercedes sedan but uh the limousine is actually pretty close probably to the one that was uh, he was getting out of on the tarmac during the movie so all right sorry baz i thought you had some kind of deal with mercedes sorry Okay, I had fun though. It was it was well worth the watch. If you uh, you know if you like Elvis, some of the the history of it, I you know, but I enjoyed the ride. Well worth well worth the ride. And it got me thinking about all the different people that have played Elvis. Like Austin, I thought did a pretty good job as Elvis. And then I was looking at the list of people who played Elvis, like Drake Milligan. I would have never guessed Drake Milligan in on. Uh, Sun Records, which was a CMT series that was lasted for about a year. Then Jonathan Ray's Myers in Elvis, the King of Rock and Roll in the 2005 CBS miniseries titled Elvis. <laughs> uh, then you had Kurt Russell in Elvis. Really, really fascinating. He played uh, the uh, TV movie titled Elvis, which originally aired on ABC, that uh, was from the 1979 TV movie. Wow, it's a long time ago, and that wasn't bad. I, I I'm trying to remember, trying to remember that particular version of of Elvis. Then David Keith in Heartbreak Hotel. Okay, uh, you got it. <laughs> Harvey Keitel in Finding Graceland, although that doesn't really count because he was, uh, you know, someone who just claimed to be Elvis, right? Uh, that was going to going to uh, Graceland. Then you had the uh, Bruce Campbell in uh, Bubba Hotep, which was, uh, you know, the Elvis story, uh, which was supposed to be him, uh, you know, as a resident in a nursing home who claimed to be Elvis, another one that really wasn't him. You know, uh, Michael Shannon in Elvis and Nixon. 
that was a fun that was a fun show i mean it was really strange and he played a strange elvis but i do remember watching that and thinking okay i mean it was just all it was was surrounding his meeting with president nixon and he showed up at the white house and it was you know it was it was entertaining uh val kilmer in true romance played uh elvis okay uh, tyler hilton in walk the line played elvis uh, as uh, you know a young elvis in the johnny cash movie um pretty fascinating don johnson in elvis and the beauty queen uh the 1981 tv movie which originally aired on nbc told the story of elvis's relationship with a beauty pageant contestant named linda thompson whom he dated and traveled with um uh i guess stephanie zimbliss played in that i trying to remember if that's the one there's one tv one that i watched that uh i thought was okay and it talked about him uh, how people were copying him and how he couldn't copy other people it was uh, you know, was, uh, I just remember one of those TV ones that was kind of weird. They had Jack White and Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Okay. Jack White was, uh, you know, as Elvis. <laughs> uh, Michael St. Gerard in Elvis. He played Elvis on multiple occasions. In 1989, he played the singer in two separate movies, Heart of Dixie and Great Balls of Fire. He was later cast as The Burning Love in the 1990 TV series. Wow. He's played Elvis a lot, and he looks similar, too, so it kind of understands that. Um, So, I mean, there's been plenty of people to play Elvis, but there's only one, Elvis Presley. For those of you listening live, it is the 11th of July, 2022. Uh, Go get your Slurpees today if you're listening to this uh, on this day. Uh, Free Slurpees today. Yay! Might I also uh, better call Saul? Uh, comes back tonight. The beginning of the last half of the final season starts tonight. Awesome. I think there's six episodes left of Better Call Saul. The first half was really, really good. Uh, then I saw where a House of the Dragon starts in August on HBO. They The trailers look awesome to House of the Dragon. 200 years before Game of Thrones. Return to Westeros. <laughs> uh, dragons did. Uh, dreams didn't rule. Dragons did. So this should be good. I'm really looking forward to that. So if you're in Florida and you're 64 years old and you're still living with your mother and she dies, what do you do? Do you report it to the authorities? Of course not. You wait a couple weeks because you're not quite sure what you want to do. And then you buy a deep freezer and then you put your mother in the deep freezer. Then you take the mattress that she died on because it was stained and nasty. uh, And you just put that out in the backyard and bury it under some tree limbs. (laughs) Hope that nobody sees it. Because you want to keep getting the disability checks from the government. So you do that and you're fine. Nobody's ever going to know, right? Ah, no, not so fast. Uh, Apparently some friends uh, were like, uh, hey, what happened to... (laughs) what happened to your mom where is she at uh not that she's just a ways at a doctor police came the first time she had a doctor's office 
Oh, the car's still here. Yeah, she uh, she flew. Uh, she grew wings and she flew. And so they went, you know, they checked the house and went it down. I don't, it doesn't look like it happened very long ago. So I'm not, I mean, she obviously mom was, you know, starting to probably really smell a little bit after a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it took her a little while. She said it took her a little while to uh, get mom into the freezer from the bedroom. I bet. I bet it was quite a while. So she's now, uh, she's being held uh, at the Indian River County Jail facing $10,000 bond. This day, they already, they for sure she didn't kill her mom. The mom was, was dead. Uh, it died of natural causes. And then it was just the daughter who was like, you know, I don't say anything to anybody. Uh, I can still get the disability checks. Uh, so no problem. Cause the welfare check apparently came right after she died. And she thought, Hey, there's an idea. I just won't tell anybody that mom died and they'll keep sending me the check. Oh yeah. Except, Oh no. Okay, for real, who died today? Who died today? Not, I mean, we already did the mom who died for a couple weeks and then sitting in a freezer for a little bit. But for real, uh, Larry Storch, the great Larry Storch, the known from F Troop, uh, dies at the age of 99 years of age. He was 99 and a half. I mean, he had another couple... Another six months and he was good to go. He would have been a hundred, but it wasn't to be had. Very, very, very sad. He did a lot of shows, um, you know, all through the sixties and seventies. He, uh, starred in some children's shows. The Ghostbusters appeared on the love boat car 54. Where are you on? Uh, he was in, uh, I dream of genie and that girl and fantasy Island, Columbo, Mannix, Mannix. Get Smart, Gilligan's Island, Love American Style. You know what else is not on this list? You know what he wasn't good, good enough for? Cannon. No way. My man Robert Conrad was not having any Larry Storch. <laughs> so uh, he was also in, they did a whole episode on Married with Children where he played Al Bundy's childhood hero and he owned an acting school and it was really funny. And I had, uh, I had a, you know, a couple people email me about the great Larry Storch's death and wanted me to, you know, include him in who died today. But, uh, I also, they sent me one listener. Uh, I think it was Jess sent me a link to the, uh, to the, to the Married with Children show. And I thought, okay, cool, I'll watch it. And it was really funny. Only problem is, it was with commercials. Can you not, if you're sending the show something to watch, please send me something without commercials, okay? I mean, I appreciate it and all, but I mean, go out of your way a little bit more. <laughs> this is a little bit more for me, would you? Please? So, Storage uh, dropped out of high school, and but he went to high school with Don Adams. Or get smart star, another Hollywood star. And so one year he was nominated for a comedy actor in F Troop and in 67, but he lost to Don Adams, his friend. 
He also, who they, I guess they would remain friends for life. He left high school to work as a stand-up comedian, then went into the U.S. Navy, and he was shipmates with Tony Curtis. So, I mean, the guy was a Hollywood legend. Well, Tony Curtis was definitely a Hollywood legend. I mean, Don Adams, uh, you know, a TV Hollywood guy. And, uh, you know, Larry Storch, of course, the, you know, comedic genius of Larry Storch as Corporal Randolph Argon. Is it Argon? Agarn? 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 Agarn. That's what it was. Agarn. I never could remember his stupid F Troop name. Uh, anyway, uh, sad. Rest in peace. Larry, the late Larry Storage, the late great Larry Storage, the, the legend, the Hollywood legend uh, at 99 and a half. Rest in peace. Then we have one more who died today. Very sad. From the hit series, The Sopranos. Gives me an excuse. I woke up this morning and got myself a gun. Right and wrong. Who died today? Sopranos actor Tony Sirico. Dead at 79. And you say, wait, which one is he? Well, he played Polly Walnuts. I know, right? Polly Walnuts on The Sopranos. Dead. Uh, he died Friday. He was 79 years of age. Very, very sad. Uh, he was survived by two children. Grandchildren, siblings, nieces, nephews, other relatives. Uh, they, uh, they're very, I guess he was in poor health for a while. And he was living in a, uh, an assisted living home in Fort Lauderdale for a few years. He had always said that uh, his real life and Polly Walnut's lives had many parallels. I mean, he was born in Brooklyn. Uh, he said he was uh, seven years old the first time he got arrested for stealing nickels from a newspaper stand. He'd be arrested 28 more times and would have two trips to the slammer. Okay. All right. In 71, he spent 20 months at the notorious Sing Sing prison for felony weapons possession. The first time I went away to prison, they searched me to see if I had a gun. I had three of them on me. In our neighborhood, if you weren't carrying a gun, it was like you were the rabbit during rabbit hunting season. <laughs> so uh, very sad very very sad uh that uh he had he was on other shows kojak miami vice chuck medium lily hammer oh yeah lily hammer uh american dad but uh, his main he played uh was in goodfellas mob queen I mean, he was a gangster guy right i mean that was it I make a good living because I die well. I get hired to get killed. 
Well, that was his belief, right? He died. Uh, he died in thirteen of his twenty-seven films. Plus, he makes a good living, uh, you know, as being uh, being the gangster, the mobster, uh, kind of playing himself, right? So, anyway, uh, Tony Sirico, dead at the age of seventy-nine, gives me an excuse still. Born under a bad sky, baby, with a blue moon in her eyes. I love that song. Rest in peace, Polly Walnuts. So remember we talked, uh, I don't know, a while ago, sometime last month, about Costco getting sued by their uh, couple of shareholders over their rotisserie chickens and how they were unhappy with how the chickens were being processed and, you know, taken care of. They were, you know, disabled birds, blah, 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 blah. But they talked about uh, how it sells its rotisserie chickens for four ninety nine each, right? And they believe that it's a prominent feature that, uh, you know, lures customers into the stores. The prices remained the same. No prices are going up. They sold 106 million chickens last year. So it's a pretty good way to get people into the stores. Well, they are raising some prices now. Now, they didn't raise the price of the rotisserie chickens, but they did raise the price of the chicken bake, which is a breaded dish filled with chicken, cheese, bacon, and a Caesar dressing. Now costs $3.99, which is a $1 increase. Wow, hold buck. I mean, it was two ninety nine, and the twenty ounce soft drink now costs sixty nine cents, which is up ten cents. So they're raising prices at Costco. Okay, that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know. I saw one tweet that talked about apparently Costco thinks raising the price of the chicken bake from two ninety nine to three ninety nine is a good way to keep my business. We'll see. Costco, please DM me. Yeah, whatever. You're either going to get it or you're not. Plus, uh, I, I really, this whole lost leader thing at Costco and Sam's Club really kind of irks me anyway because they're charging me to get in the door. So, are you really losing money? Are you? But, okay, well, you know, I'll give it to you. But they said, uh, Costco's senior vice president, Robert Nelson, told investors that uh, the company does not plan on raising the dollar fifty hot dog soda combo, uh, despite rumors uh, during this record inflation, he said, "No way, that one fifty hot dog and soda stays." And he said, in January, CEO uh, Craig Jelnick, Jelinek, J E L I N E K, Amorphophallus. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. He said that there is no way. Uh, the company does not ever plan on raising the price of the combo. After founder Jim Senegal uh, once told Craig, if you raise the price of the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Figure it out. <laughs> so he was threatened with death 
if he raised the price of the hot dog soda combo. So he's saying that's not happening. Uh, I will not get killed over the hot dog soda combo. In 2019, they sold 151 million hot dog combos. That's $226.5 million. Um, so is it, I'm back to the lost leader thing. Is it really a loss? I mean, I guess, you know, they could make the case. And they do. But, I mean, grocery prices are... Now, they claim in this story, grocery prices have increased 11.9% over the past year. That's the biggest 12-month increase, the largest 12-month increase since the end of April 1979, according to U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, I would argue, and, you know, I'm not working for the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, but uh, I would argue that Okay, I find those numbers troubling because I feel like it's more than 11.9%. So I feel like we're not counting something. And uh, in today's world, I would, you know, I believe uh, not the government. You can quote me on that. I believe not the government. <laughs> in fact, that might be the new Chewing the Fat shirt, T-shirt. Uh, facts are facts. I was thinking about getting a T-shirt, facts are facts. And or don't bog me down with facts. I like that. Yeah, the T-shirt. Don't bog me down with facts. And uh, I what was what was the thing I just said? Oh yeah, I believe not the government <laughs> chewing the fat. I know. I think it works. Also, I just found out I have uh, some money, um, and uh, this guy is going to help me get it. Okay, it's part of the uh, International Monetary Fund and in conjunction with the World Bank. And I just found out through an email that uh, I have some uh, an overdue payment. So I'm hoping that uh, this email is true. I got this email uh, from the International Monetary Fund, IMF in parentheses, International Debt Settlement Unit in uh, on Pennsylvania Avenue uh, in Washington, D.C., United States, 1900 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest in Washington, D.C., in the United States. The subject was overdue payment. Attention! This is to clearly inform you that you are among those whose pending payment has been approved by the IMF in conjunction with the World Bank. The fund release has been categorically delayed as a result of your dealings with unauthorized individuals. So, you are advised to stop every communication with anybody slash institution regarding the payment and kindly reconfirm your full name, contact address, contact telephone number, and amount expected to enable us to normalize the documents in your name here in the United States Representative Office of the IMF. These funds originated from unpaid contract sums, inherit slash next of kin and lottery beneficiaries that originated from Europe, Asia, plus Middle East, America, and Africa. You, meaning me, are among the list of individuals and companies whose unpaid funds have been approved for payment under the supervision of the United States Representative Office of the International Monetary Fund. We do hereby ask you to contact this office within 48 hours of receiving this notification to enable us to advise you on how to make your claim. Yours faithfully, Dr. Oscar Smith, Coordinator, 
International Settlement Unit, IMF, USA Representative Office. And he leaves a telephone number and a WhatsApp number. So I guess I just have to get back with them with all my information. <laughs> and I have to let him know, you know, what I'm expecting as far as, uh, you know, getting my money. And then they're going to make it happen. They're going to get back to me and let me know what I need to do uh, to, you know, continue to make my claim. So I could be rich very, very soon. And by rich, I mean, I mean a lot of money. Okay. Not just rich. I mean, wealthy. And that could happen. Thanks to Dr. Oscar Smith, who just needs all my information, all of it. Cause what did he ask for? He asked for a full name. And I'm reconfirming, of course, a full name, contact address, contact telephone number, and amount expected to enable us to normalize the documents in my name here in the United States Representative Office of the IMF. I love how they keep saying that. So they make it seem like it's connected to the United States, but it's just a representative of the International Monetary Fund, which is neither, actually. I'm sure that, I'm sure that Oscar isn't attached to the IMF, but I do love the representative office of the IMF here in the United States. Anyway, uh, I could be, you know, if I send this back, uh, I'm happening. Okay. I've got a lot of money. I don't know how much I'm going to ask for. Uh, I do know it's going to be a lot. So, uh, if you don't hear from me, uh, Oscar Smith either found me Well, I sent him all my information and now he knows exactly everything about me or I, you know, he ended up being true and, uh, I am now wealthy beyond belief thanks to the United States representative office of the IMF. And when that happens, um, you know, you know, look, I might say something or I might not. So you can still follow me on all the socials. Uh, you know, I uh, at Jeffy JFR on Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher radio. You can follow me. You can email me chewing the fat of the blaze.com. You can uh, subscribe to Blaze TV. You can uh, follow me on Cameo. You, there's all kinds of places to follow me. And I may or may not say something. It just depends on how much money I get. So until then, take care. Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.